All right, should we start? Are we just doing the recap? Yeah, let's do the recap. Okay. You want me to do it? <laughs> okay. You did it last week, I guess, right? Welcome oh, well. to the art. I don't know. Welcome to the Artless Podcast, where we make art accessible. Yeah, or like where we bridge the gap between contemporary art and online culture. I don't know. I feel like we need a new tagline. Where we talk about visual literacy. I don't know. We do all these things. We do so many things. And over the holidays, we'll figure out what our new tagline is. So many fucking hats, we- you guys. <laughs> We are a year old. Oh, you guys. As we of as of like, I suppose our first official episode went out on uh, New Year's Eve. Yeah. So we are very close. And we, you know, we recorded, I think, around yeah. now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's like we're moving into our toddler era. <laughs> We can only hope. We can only hope. (laughs) We have now stumbled and walked a little bit. Maybe we're going to start running, you know. (laughs) We're growing. (laughs) So today's episode, we're going to talk about today is like a... Before we go to a new format, well, no, we're not going to change the format. We like this, like, you know, more serious, less serious format. Um, We are going to... Wrap up 2023 with just some like big points, kind of summarize the year mm-hmm. of the podcast. And if this is your first one, it's a great way to like, oh, mate, you've actually joined at the perfect time. Yeah, now we're gonna give you like the down low. Yeah, um, and I think and the I one feel, thing I feel about bad this for you because is, like I have recapped everything when I've been editing it, and you probably haven't remembered anything that we've spoken about. I know you were like, wait, should we do clips? I was like, dude, I can't do clips. No, I know. And then you were like, I have to. I feel like I have to go and like research like what we've what we've spoken about i was like oh okay no i'm okay (laughs) (laughs) good luck so i think like to me and i'm trying to like i went back through my tiktoks Mm -hmm. which are a whole i say i mean it's far ranging over here uh as is yours uh yours i think what's nice is you're bound by your practice which sure helps yes it really (laughs) does but you know that means i don't have uh you know 10 times the follow-up count that you have You also don't have 10 on the chaos, like the guys who are checking me out on I different platforms. I don't Ooh, think I want it. They're not checking me out in a positive way. I don't want anyone to think there's <laughs> anybody inflating my ego over there. <laughs> All these guys just want to put a ding in a woman. Um, that came out wrong. That's not what I meant. <laughs> definitely not what I meant. <clears throat> so I, I would like, say, oh, like, I know. <laughs> I definitely did not mean that. Yeah, uh, I got that wrong. Um, anyway, I think that cut, for cut me, the loss and move on. Just cut the loss. I mean, I think like for me, one of the things that repeatedly came up this year um, is people's rights in mm-hmm. relationship to museums. And mm-hmm. I think that in that, I did three kinds of video, two, oh, three kinds of videos, I guess. Um, that okay, were you can't talk and scratch plastic sorry, sorry, at sorry. the same time. Okay. So what? What, I think the number one trend for 2023 that I noticed mm-hmm. was that um, there was a lot of um, conversation in the art world, which then actually got picked up in the TikTok world, which usually doesn't happen, mm-hmm. um, between people's rights and how it's manifested in museums. And by yeah. that, I mean unions, mm-hmm. repatriation, mm-hmm. and Gaza been a big year been a big year really big year 
And to start with unions, we had um, the Brooklyn Museum ratifying a union. We had MoMA workers on strike. Mm-hmm. We had, um, and I, I'm pretty sure at the beginning. Oh, that feels like a lifetime ago. I don't know. <laughs> and then, I mean, we had, um, and then we had the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Yeah, yeah. I went to Philly for the first time this year. Yeah, yeah. Did you go to PMA? No, didn't have enough time. Yeah, but it's, next time. There's a lot to do. Yeah, there's a mm. lot to do. There's so much museum. to do there. Yeah. After the renovation, it's a huge museum. Mm. Um, so, and I think that what I thought was really interesting about the relationships of the way that Art World was talking about it was twofold, right? Museum directors mm-hmm. were in there, and like Zach Small from the Times talked, uh, did a, a kind of light piece, mm-hmm. I would say, about how museums are in the hole after COVID because attendance is down. Mm hmm. And so they've increased attendance costs, right? Yep. Yeah, yes, they have. But TikTok has picked up the fact, and you're not paying people more. Mm. So like, oh, where's that money going? Um, and I do think like one thing I would say that is very hard for people to understand. I stitched some writer yesterday. There's a lot about museum financing that is impossible for you to know. The money, oh, I'll tell you, when all these TikToks are like, where's that money going? Operations. It's, it's for the HVAC, dude. Yeah. We've made, you know, in the 90s and early in 2000s, museums got bigger. Mm-hmm. But donors didn't want to give for operating. Mm-hmm. They want to give for kids. Mm-hmm. And like you can, you know, th- I think kids are incredibly important in museum education. But it's but- true. It's true. Like people don't want to donate outside of anything other than like early childhood education. That's right. right. Like, and so what are these kids going to be looking at the art in the dark? <laughs> you, you, yeah. It's art going to fall apart because we don't have HVAC? And like exterminators and keeping oh the my lights God. on. Yeah, exactly. Everything. Exactly. Yeah. And so with that in mind, I think a lot of what museums have done is become so opaque that people don't see it. Mm-hmm. Like these people literally will not have jobs if there's no HVAC. Mm-hmm. That said, they are also not decreasing the um, amount of money directors make. So, like, you know, it's not like they're not complicit in this problem. But I think, like, in the art world, what you saw was, or in, like, the Times, like, his article about the thing and all the talking all the usual directors, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> Zach's article, somebody will have to look it up. I just said his name so you can find the citation. Zach, small, mm-hmm. ticketing. And I think what, like, for example, one of the things I think he didn't bring up, which is important, is that they have membership because then they have basically free money every month. It's not free, but they're getting recurring Mm-hmm. money right which mm-hmm. is important but for membership to work the member has to have a thing well you have to get then some kind of benefit ticket fee, right? right so the ticket fee is false right the ticket fee is so that the member gets a benefit it's not that yeah yep. he didn't say it in the article and i think it's a real like drawback the reason that ticket fee is being raised is not so that people buy that ticket it's so people buy memberships he never mentioned <laughs> that and like i think that is inherently what's happening the museum model is that we need recurring money and membership Mm-hmm. And the membership is not about giving to the museum so it stays open. It's so I can get a ticket, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a shift in how people think of these public services. Yeah. And so because we have a culture where like your membership gets you a thing rather than your membership saves a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Then the person who doesn't have a membership, can't afford a membership, can't go because they can't buy a ticket. Mm-hmm. And so all of that. But the art world isn't saying that. So in the art press and in the art world, they're saying, oh, my God, our bottom line's a dime because we don't have enough tickets and the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then the TikTok people are saying, oh, my God, they're not paying their people. And they're getting upset about that. 
Mm-hmm. And what nobody is saying in amongst all of this is that it's just all broken. Yeah. I'll get off my soapbox now. And uh, I'll get off my soapbox, but first, I need to say this. Part of the other problem we have is these mm-hmm. are all these financing things are true, but museums hire people who are not financial wizards. Um, and what happened, and they want to be promoted and get more money for it because they want to be in the class of the donors who are talking to them. Mm-hmm. And so when you see the scale, it's like, it's pretty often 50 times lowest person to highest person, hundred times. Like that is not, that is not, not true. There is no way that that director is 100 times more valuable than that educator. It's just mm-hmm. not true. Mm-mm. Or that person who does general operations, especially. Oh, yeah. Ooh, boy. I listen, I can't disagree with you. I don't think there's a reason that these models should have a hierarchy when I don't think that there's any one staff member in these spaces that offers more than anyone else can. No. Because anyone no. who's in a higher up position in most of these spaces is a glorified scheduler, and I will. Leave no, I mean, I think they're they're like air traffic. I mean, like, I think you should pay air traffic controllers. And I think sure. somebody, particularly in like the second in command, not the director, but like not the stuff shirt necessarily, but like the second in command, they're air traffic controllers. I don't think it's not. It's The thing is, it's not that their value isn't important. Yeah. It's that when you are no. basically deciding how many. Um, I don't think their value is worth which, more than mine. <laughs> yeah. It's like you have to like make it more even. Yeah. It just yeah. shouldn't be that disparate. Um, no, which, it really shouldn't. With, with the the idea that these directors are often just, you know, like like Congress people making sure they get paid, mm-hmm. it makes a lot of people angry. And so another huge theme this year in the art world and in TikTok, actually, when it did go over to TikTok, um, is repatriation. And mm. it came, like, there was ones like the move bombings, which is so incredibly egregious. The move mm-hmm. bombing in 1985 in Philadelphia, where a whole city block was decimated because a group um, that called move that was basically, it, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know what the word would be cult. Maybe, um, mm. it was a group of people who are African-American who wanted to find another way around. And they were like, not completely peaceful. They had a lot of guns and stuff, but it's sort of like, I mean, it'd be like that, um, uh, the guy from Waco, Texas, I just can't think of his name or like, you know, there's a number of these like mili- like small time militias mm-hmm. often, you know, like they happen in both things, mm-hmm. but they basically decimated this house. Um, it, it was really out of step, like the force was too much and there were children in it and children died. And so two of the children's bodies were not identified. They went to Penn Museum. They were found. Somebody made a like a class about it online. And so you could see their bodies. It was awful. Okay. Um, and. And the apologist, I think Ooh, it was. Oh, all my ethics bells and alarms are Ooh, ringing. So <laughs> that's a, that was one that happened. Yeah, there my. was one. There was one at the Smithsonian, mm-hmm. um, where in so the Smithsonian has a collection of brains, and they had um, they have these indigenous brains that were collected inappropriately. The Washington Post uh, did a really <sighs> great article about an indigenous um it's a finnish indigenous girl who was from from alaska her family immigrated from finland to alaska so she was sami not indigenous alaskan Mm. um but about the sort of pernicious way that the smithsonian acquired and racist way the smithsonian acquired those skulls so that was a really big one 
um, in terms of the body and repatriating of the bodies. And then mm-hmm. finally, AMNH, which I think the American Museum of Natural History did a really good job. They have a large collection of bodies. And they were honest and they put them on display and they were really honest. They took them down and they've been working. They're working very actively on repatriation as it goes. Mm-hmm. Probably of all the museums, I would say AMNH deserves a shout out because they did a good job of it. AMNH, I think, has some real like dodgy labeling practices and like some of their what, dioramas in the past. So I think their, it's very important that they did this. But what makes their process of like repatriation better than others? So like they how have they done said, it right? Yeah. So what they did right was they said they were wrong. They don't say like that guy back happened. there was wrong. Yeah. yeah <laughs> they yeah. didn't say like somebody yeah. effed up before here, but mm-hmm. they said they are wrong now. Okay. Yeah, that's because a really they, good start. They still have it, right? Like so like and they still put it on display. So that's straight up right, right? Like just be wrong. Yep. I know they don't and say they're wrong. In your wrong legal list. has gone yeah. through it. Yeah. I know yeah. legal's like, don't say you're wrong. But they said they're wrong. They took everything Gosh. down immediately and mm-hmm. then they are working pretty actively to repatriate. Cool. Now, I mean, it's only been a little while, so they could go awry as Penn Museum's situation's been going on for quite a long time. But mm-hmm. They, I think that they did a great job. And, mm. you know, I think I was surprised, honestly, because given some of their, you know, galleries, like they have galleries that they know are bad and they put up a label. We know these are bad and we're working on it. And that label has been there a long time. So I think it's, I, I think. Ooh, I yeah. Um, so I think that they did a really good job with that. Um, okay. So those are repatriation of he- people, which was a big topic this year. Mm. But then also the repatriation of stuff has been a never ending topic. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest flare up is when the British museums, uh, one of the senior curators in Mediterranean, who's special, who's, it was in the field of Greek and Roman. The part time stole art stuff. Thief. Yeah. Yes. Just stole stuff and sold it on eBay. It's just so brazen. Oh, brazen. It's like, this is where, like, when you're, like, curators or it could be dicks. I was like, you have, like, the balls to sell it with your own, like, handle on eBay? What that's kinda... cr- Yeah, that's what kind of gets me. It's just, like, just operating as though he has, like, a total impunity is yeah. crackers. It is um, so nuts. Yeah. No, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, what were you thinking? <sighs> What were you thinking? Anyway, it made a lot of people mad because the British Museum is like still in basically limbo about returning the Elgin marbles, which are the marbles Mm -hmm. of the Pantheon, Pantheon, Dong, the Parthenon. Um, We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Uh, The Parthenon in Greece, um, which left under the Ottomans, and so therefore has no is not a clear path to uh, Mm -hmm. repatriation. Mm But then again, clear paths to repatriation have also had problems like the, um, like I think a lot of the Bubon fragments we talked about last week uh-huh. are still sort of in limbo, legal limbo. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things just in le- those, the Bubon fragments, the legal limbo is in the United States. The Elgin marbles are in the UK. Um, the Congo, <laughs> there are, um, there are the more. The list is never ending. It's never ending. There are more Congolese artworks in Belgium than Belgians. Because they like because they because the way that the accession is like beads would be accessioned oh separately, God. so it's a little bit of a numbers game. But, but, but like, there's a lot of Congolese oh, watch me comprehend scale in real time, right? I'm just like, yep. Yep. Oh, huh, huh? yeah, how? What's the number? What's the number here? What millions? It's in the millions. Fucking because, hell, but because man. like, it, it's a little bit of a trick. I will yeah, say but that. That's like, fine. I'm fine like, with that. There's like that, there's like beads. They're quiet. So you have to every you single to one of them account each bead separately. I get it. Yeah, I get it. but like. 
you there should be like a little bit more parody, right? Like you shouldn't have one per. Yeah, that's fucked. That's fucked. Yeah, that number's. A, I mean, I know that number. I'm I'm doing it for shock, but I think what you should think is mm-hmm. why is even why would there even be one per oh. ten? Like why would there be one for a million? Like what's happening? It was all. And why should we have to rely wealth. on shock in order for people to kind of understand it? You know, that's very true. That's one of my things. Like, why do people have to be... Because that's how a lot of, like, catastrophe content that we've seen over the last, like, you know, two and a half months functions, right? Why do people need to be met with extreme violence and have to confront it in order to believe it's happening? Um, That's a great question. So, I mean, I think... So we talked about... um, so let's go back to the Gaza stuff that I mentioned earlier in a second, but let's talk about this catastrophe stuff because yeah. I think for this episode, let's not go like the usual art history. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. But um, why? Because it's interesting because I would say the catastrophe, in, in some ways, got this is a good like segue because the catastrophe of, of the world often had, the our art world dreamed of not interacting with it on a lot of levels. Mm-hmm. Um, so why do you think, think this catastrophe content has been so i don't know viral i guess well honestly i think that people's awareness of the world around them you know everything kind of started to shift with the pandemic and lockdowns and i think that we've been moving towards this point for the last like four years i don't think it's happened in a vacuum you know like, I think that there is a real push from the powers that be, and especially in, you know, the continental United States where we are, uh, to normalize a mass death after a pandemic, which is generally how fascism functions and, you know, the opportunity that they will seize, which we know from history. So I think that we've just reached a point where that's kind of happening in terms of capitalism and imperialism and what we're seeing the catastrophe content we're seeing is the natural pushback you know like force creates resistance that's how that's how it works <laughs> that's really great force creates resistance that's a very i think that the thing that's hard is i think actually i mean force creates resistance but the problem i think also from the internet is that we don't know which one is the resistance yeah like, I do, I mean, I do have to say, like, I feel very, very badly for the Palestinian people, as we talked mm-hmm. about last week. Mm-hmm. I also feel like there are so many people, like, the the amount of money that Hamas has coming in that is not going to the Palestinian people. I just, like, it's so deeply fucking complicated. And yes. I yes. don't ever want to villainize people who are fighting against oppression. Mm-hmm. But, like, one of the things that I'm really struggling with is all the filters and all the sounds and, like, how mm-hmm. there are people using this genocide to market their own music, which so is I've so never, fucking bizarre, you guys. I've never done any of them. Like, I did, I purposely didn't do the one that you could do for the thing. For I've the, posted some privately, but I don't... Uh-huh. I don't I'm scared don't that they're, in fact, putting them on the timeline is, Yeah. But also I think that it clogs up the timeline. And, like, I've seen Mm -hmm. some other stuff from people saying, you know, these filters and the awareness that, you know, operates around them is on the FYP of, like, burner accounts that don't have, you know. So essentially, like, a a new user is getting the Palestinian, like, filters for good in their feed. But there's, like, no 
Israel, oh. Israeli like propaganda on the main feed. So there's like arguments for why it's good. There's also arguments for how it just like clogs up the feed and stops people from being able to access like actual mutual aid kind of mm-hmm. information, which I think is mm-hmm. far more important. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that I haven't posted them. Mm, that's interesting. <clears throat> I also think it's very hard to change minds. And I think that's actually oh, what really I saw impossible. about these these conflicts. What for me that struck me, and I was talking about this this morning, is and I, I mean, I've. Important. Yeah, and I've—I mean, I've said this on the podcast previously. I um, grew up in a largely Jewish community, and mm-hmm. um, in a large Jewish community, I said it, it was—it was not actually the neighborhood next to mine is actually majority Jewish, but um, but we were always taught very like my—I had friends growing up whose grandparents were like literally had you know tattoos, mm, and, mm. and I feel a, a great fear about all of this, about how it will increase anti-Semitism. And I think that that one thing that really upsets me about TikTok is when people respond to this conflict in ways that actually are diminish safety for people who are Jewish. I mean, I, I, th- I think that I also really dislike it when they dehumanize Palestinians and all of those other things. But a thing I noticed in the trends of the videos I saw is that they're so one-sided. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, because there's no there's no nuance yeah. that goes viral no on that app either. That's right. But I think one of the things that – I think I sent it to you, but one of the best videos I saw was that university in Canada that had, like, a meeting and, a like, a vigil that was, like, by uh, – Muslims, Christians, and Jewish people, and they just all came together to like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I saw that. That was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. But even like the idea, I mean, I have to say like one thing that I, I just, I actually stopped posting and then people will like menace me that I haven't posted because I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I, fo- I forward videos that I think are well done, but yeah. I don't think like I have enough knowledge to keep going. I have enough knowledge to forward people and like sure that I use my platform, but because like, I do think one of the things that's very hard is in the Ottoman Empire, there was Jews all the way through the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And they have been systematically, like, I was looking today, this is a little bit of a side, but I was looking today to see, I was almost positive, but I wanted to double check if there's any genital um, uh, piercing hardware Mm -hmm. from the Victorian era because I was making a video. And I was almost positive I had read that there isn't any. And I looked up and I found a really beautiful... um, pin from a Tunisian Jewish like community and um I just love the work that the Jews of North Africa do Mm -hmm. they're like their uh their metalwork is really beautiful Mm. and I was thinking like that used to be true right like you, you know systematically Jews have been um kicked out of everywhere and so while I under like I understand that the the thing that even people people that's where it's like so nuanced Zionism or the idea that you get to destroy Palestinians for land is wrong. It's also, but it's I, also like not based in the Torah. It's not based in that's like right. being Jewish and Jewish that's ideals. Right. It's like, it's like, and a like so many Jewish white creators have talked like about Christian. It. That's like, right. Get the Jews out of here is what they're saying. Yeah, right? it's like a Christian it's nationalist so kind of thing that's come up around. Uh, look, and I think it's just one of those things, right, where humanity, unfortunately, Anytime there is a platform where people can, yeah, you know, find ways to spread their own 
that's hateful hate. racist bullshit hate. they will that's right and that's like, right one of the but things it, that i i'm gonna send this to you because i it's in the lobby of my building mm-hmm. and i saw it and it was really mm-hmm. fuck it's like kind of devastating to witness but essentially there's like a big christmas tree in the lobby of my building and there's no like reference of you know any kind of other faith which happens every year mm-hmm. and then this year there's a couple of children's drawings of uh menorahs oh that have been just this up. year well, sometimes I've just I've noticed it this year, I guess. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but there's a couple of children's drawings of menorahs that have been stuck up, and it just says "Happy Hanukkah." And then they've clearly gotten their kid to write down the bottom in their child's own handwriting, um, "Please don't tear down. We're watching." Mm-hmm. Which is fucking like it's devastating. Like I can't imagine like instructing your kid to write something like that when they're trying to you know have a symbol of their faith in a public space that's like you know a building with a lot of people in it but you know the sad thing is that there is a lot it's it's on the rise anti-semitism i know i know and so like this is where there's no right and i would say also like i understand like i get that like like there's nothing simple right zionism is not simple it's like a historical state it's not in the torah but at the same time it is in fact people. These, there's a score of people who are arguing that Jews are not indigenous to the Middle East, and I was like, they are, dude. I don't know what to tell you. Not all the Jews. Not all the Jews. But guess what? You like right wing Christians aren't either. Like, yeah. Are we really like you don't like? What makes me nuts is people are just have. There's like no. There's no nuance because no. like if you really thought that, then you better get the hell out of North America. <laughs> like, <sighs> Seriously. Like, uh, it's just, just get like, the hell out, dude. Like, I mean. I think that one of the scary things that we witness in these moments is just that there seems to be, like, a certain level of, like, vitriolic hate that people feel necessary to engage in in order to have their beliefs and who they are in the world validated. Yeah. And it yeah. doesn't really matter where that kind of That's right. ends up kind of, you know, being what direction it goes in, right? Like we've had that's very you know, true. This campaign through the 40s against Jewish people and then what we've yeah. like throughout my entire life it's been this kind of idea that you know people in the Middle East yeah. or especially in Australia just like immigrants in general are bad, brown <laughs> people are bad. Anyone who comes on a boat is bad. All that kind of stupid rhetoric. And now except for us who came on a boat. <laughs> yeah, except for except for your ancestors. <laughs> we were also on that boat, but you yeah, listen, it was different. It was a different kind of boat. Look, it was different. We were we were up top while everyone else was down the you know. <laughs> My husband um yesterday found an article about like what I don't remember the number, but there's some large percentage of Americans who were in the KKK in the twenties. Oh yeah. We and, huge. Yeah. And so he was like, Well, so there's a few of us who were here, but we we were they were like Irish Catholics. He was like we weren't in it. Like he was like they were trying to burn us. Like they were not. We were not. Like uh, like like uh, uh, he was like you know. Uh, but he was funny. He was like don't worry, girls. It wasn't any of us. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. Like my sister and I we both have like a gut feeling that um, on our dad's side, we reckon that, that we probably had like Christian missionaries mm. coming to Australia. Mm. So. Save those little kids. Save those little babies. Those little brown babies. Yeah. Uh, well, that's actually, I suppose, one of the things that's kind of um, come to light in Australia over the last year is, fuck, I wish I could remember his name. Hold up. I'm going to look him up. 
yeah, his name is David Ma. He's an Australian journalist and author, and he has recently uh, written a book. Um, and he he was like quite conservative for a really long time about Australia's mm-hmm. history because for most mm-hmm. people in Australia, you're taught, you know, settlement, the gold rush, you know, white people kind of figuring mm-hmm. out their own, you know, lives outside of you know living in England basically. Um, and we're not really told the real history, which is, you know, the eradication of Indigenous people, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And this guy went through, like, his whole family history and has kind of uncovered this uh, story, true story, of what is called the Native Police in Australia, which was essentially a white police force, a settlement police force that would go around and just essentially slaughter Indigenous mm. people. So this wow. guy... Yeah, and like in Queensland, this is what I was texting you about the other day, like the history yep. of Northern Australia and Queensland yep. where I come from, that's yep. this guy through his research is, you know, it's minimum numbers is like forty to 50,000 people wow. in like one state alone. It's really, really fucked What's up. What's that in terms of percentage of people who were there at the time? I don't know. I mean, I think one person is wrong, but I think also the scale of that is crazy. It's yeah, it's nuts, right? That's twice the amount of people who follow me on online right now. Um, so, around the time of settlement, there were, according to the internet, between uh, somewhere between three hundred thousand to nine hundred fifty thousand, uh, you know, first peoples that were okay. So in let's Australia. just pretend five hundred thousand, fifty thousand. That is ten percent. Ten percent. 10 fucking percent that's in the space of like maybe a decade just obliterated um so the book is called oops hang on i lost my i lost my window the book is called killing for country a family story by david ma wow and he essentially goes through uh it's a richly detailed saga of politics and power in the colonial world of land seized fortunes made and lost and the violence let loose as squatters and their allies fought for possession of the country, a war still unresolved in today's Australia. Um, and then there's some quotes from people who have reviewed it. Um, so this book is more than a personal reckoning with Mars. Forebearers and their crimes, it's an account of Australian war fought here in our own country with names, dates, crimes, body counts, and the ghastly, remorseless views of the settlers. Um, and it's just essentially, it's been one of the most significant publications to come out of Australia this year. It was published this year. Mm, and it's like, it must be he's, so interesting. well, he's the kind of journalist that people, you know, like my father have looked to for a very long time and respected, right? And now this guy's kind of turned around and been like, oh, this is just white supremacy. And it's like, you know, he's basically What's my the sister. response been to people? Like people like your father, people, not your father, but people of his era, generation. It's a mixed bag. Like my sister mm-hmm. kind of describes this particular guy's journey, David Ma, as baptism by fire, <laughs> which I think is pretty apt, right? Like he's gone through his own family history and discovered just like how extraordinarily fucked up and racist and violent uh, his own family history was like within the last 250 years. Like it's really not that long ago. Um, and I think that... If you think about that, Australia some... has been populated. So indigenous populations, with uh, um, Aboriginal populations, I should say, have mm-hmm. been there for millennia. So like that, like Between think of like, the, like if you had eighty thousand years. Yeah, so like two hundred fifty like, years. We have the world's oldest living culture out of yeah. Africa, and it's like 
the basically the world's like longest standing that indigenous culture that exists is in yeah. Australia and yeah. no one fucking And I think we should cares. do and we'll do a, somebody asked for next fucking... year we do a podcast. Yes. Yeah, and we will. just yes. And also just but like a reminder that we're the years. only think about this who don't have a fucking treaty with our indigenous population. Oh like, really? Yeah, it's that's like why my sister works on the treaty branch like of the Victorian government because we don't have representation wow. in government. We don't have a treaty. We don't have any kind of solid like work like modern day working relationship with the people who have the rights to the land that we're basically squatting on. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. Let's not get me on my 250 soapbox. years. Well, we like a soapbox. 2023, mm. the year of the soapbox. Um yeah. and but I think like what I what you're bringing up though with this book is that nuance, this kind of nuance, this kind of re-envisioning has mm -hmm. been incredibly hard and people another big so thing that happened in the art world, a huge thing that happened in the art world and I don't know that I never saw a TikTok about it and it was actually too complicated for me to make a TikTok about it. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't put it into a simple TikTok. One <laughs> of the things I think that's really hard for people in general is the idea that free Palestine doesn't have to mean um, eradicate Jews, right? It doesn't have to mean Not. it. And in the art world, it shouldn't mean it, but it also doesn't have to mean it. I think and so people just don't understand the concept of land back at all. No, um, no. And we I talked. Think to, we that, talked about this weekend. We got. I know. And okay. even like, I do think land back is so complicated to think about. But if you don't even try to think about it, what are we going to be? Where are we going to be? Anyway, so art this forms editor in chief. This is one of the things that I just like. I, yeah, I can't really get past. Like, if you can't, like, if you just can't even start thinking about it, like, in 15, 20 years time, we're going to be living in a world that is very, very, very dark and very, very, very grim and filled with white people who are defending whatever weird yes. plot of land they have. Oh, like, no. please, just engage. I can't get there. Let's, let's not get this too dystopian. Let's go back to the art world. <laughs> I so, don't want to be living um, in a giant state of Florida. Please, guys, let's just learn. <laughs> let's not all move to Florida. Um, so <laughs> Art Forum's chief, David Velasco, mm -hmm. was fired after um, he published an open letter with 8,000 people. I'm looking at, it included artists like Katerina Gross and Simon Fujiwara mm -hmm. asking for the killing of civilians in Gaza. And it tipped off like a, the art world Asking just, for it to know, stop? Yeah. yeah. Stop killing civilians. For, you said asking for the killings of civilians in Gaza. I was like, wait. Oh, to stop. Sorry, to stop. But like, I mean, th there you go. That was quite a slip. But yeah. I think that that's where um, I think that we have this really ch big challenge. So mm -hmm. the art world, um, I think the art world, like the movie world, where they don't want to look anti-Semitic, have mm -hmm. gone to the point where they just don't care about looking Islamophobic. Well, that's it, right? Like, yeah. you no only care on one side because that's, that's the right. side that brings you money. And it's astonishing because it was not like this is the thing. Well, what do you support Hamas? That like you know when you put something, we got do you support Hamas? They're being told like, but like, are you saying you're totally okay with children in Gaza being killed? I just don't think I'm okay with anyone being killed on a mass exactly. Scale. And like I, 
And it's one of those really bizarre things. Like, I know that I, there are people in my life who have done the whole argument of like, well, you'd be killed if you were in Gaza because yeah, you're gay. Yeah, I'm like, well, yeah, for yeah. starters, I wouldn't be. And like, I probably wouldn't be. And like, secondly, do you think my rights are protected here? Do you think? Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, in, is- in Israel, there's a lot of conservatives in Israel. Yes. There have been killings of people who are queer. Like, it's like, what do you same think in Australia? Same as here. Like, yeah. same as everywhere. Trans black women are one of the. Most, like, most killed yes. groups in the United yes, States. Yes, targeted so, like, demographics. Absolutely. I, know. I did a video about architecture in Tehran not too long ago, and all these people were like, well, I mean, public human rights over there. And I was like, do you have you be- looked up our human rights record as the United States? What do you think is happening here, are so fun. Well, people will just go like, but it's a white country. Right. We must have human rights. Like, I- <laughs> I'm begging you to scratch the surface, gang. Like, just... Oh, okay, and we haven't really spoken about this yet, but like the absolutely bizarre push for a letter to America, and then all the people who are like kind of oh, yeah. taking tell everyone extremism seriously. Yeah. I haven't read it. Oh, I, I don't need either. to. I don't want I to. Things <laughs> I don't want to. Like I don't need to like consume all of the catastrophe content or read all of the things to understand what's happening. Right? Mm-hmm. Like I can get context. But um, it was essentially like Osama bin Laden's like mm-hmm. detailing of like everything that America has done and like his justification for you know his own actions, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there was like a weird generation of kids that were like, "Ugh, based." And it's like, no, 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 yes, <laughs> no, no, yes, no. Extremism on all sides is bad. No, okay, that's right. Chill. Not based. Not based. I know so, that was like crazy. That was a crazy internet moment. I saw you. I, I think Christian Divine like having a comment exchange where you're both like, "This is crazy." Like I don't oh, know. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> no, I was like, "Where?" I mean, he's young. Yes, he's young, yeah. but not that young. I mean, he's certainly a lot younger than me. No, I, don't, like I, mean, 20, I don't know him. He's like 28 or 29 or something, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he's not he's like, like younger like, than me. Yeah, he's not like crazy young. And I don't know him in person. We're just mutuals. But mm-hmm. I was like, where have we gotten to? Like, how bad is our history lessons? Like, <laughs> I feel Seriously. like based. We're going with based for Osama bin Laden. Like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, internet. It's bad. Weird. Big fail. Big weird. fail. I mean, like, but did I... you miss that day in history class? Like, <laughs> but at the same time, like, in this, like, you know, weird online space where there's no nuance and everything is, like, so yeah. black and white and we've watched so much kind of, you know, money be spent at the expense of, like, saving white people and, like, you know, yeah. the, you know, the submersible and, like, all of those, you know, like, watching all of those people off the coast of Greece. I don't even remember sure. what happened. Just, like fucking die yeah it was Greece. Um, it was Greece. and yeah it was Greece. and just you know i'm it's kind of bizarre and wild to see because i was talking to my brother about this right who kind of loves looking at global politics and looking mm-hmm. at everything at once and he was kind of remarking to me how shocked he was to see how quickly people radicalized in the last few months and mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. how quickly mm-hmm. it became kind of like Mm-hmm. a part of yeah everyday kind of conversation yeah. and movement yeah for, yeah that like, was awareness. very shocking it was it was very shocking i do think like really... the things like the submersible though which was you know like it's like it's forgotten i think oh, yeah. the other thing that was a trend for 2023 is that 
people there's a lot of people who become radicalized like i think a big trend on tiktok is the Mm -hmm. radicalization of both genders against each other i know that there are many genders um but But people who are non-binary yeah but i I think people who are non-binary or people who are trans kind Mm -hmm. of um sideswept this particular one which is Mm -hmm. men against women and women against men and these these bo- these people be fighting in the comments, like fighting, like fighting, fighting, fighting. And I know I make videos about that, about visual about literacy like- in that. <laughs> so that's how, how I know. How much the pot this year? That's how I know. <laughs> uh, but, like I do, and I think about. I was thinking. Uh, I'm often told in my house that I am just stirring the pot and actually adding to the problem. And oh, I've been I trying know, to decide. I know exactly what Joe says to you. Yes, that's I, right. I already can tell. He's like, and I, I'm not, I don't know why you you're complaining. You're the person how are you who's making the these videos. Yeah. That's right. You're the person who started this. Why'd you start this? But like, I think it actually goes back for me to the sort of idea that Sorry, you mate, can I was be born to fight. Re- I know, I really am. I'm just like, I'm just like a pitbull. I'm just, there's a pitbull in me. Um, because they're sweet and cuddly too. They're nice on a exactly, lot of levels. Exactly. But if pushed um, mm. and trained, if trained, and I went mm-hmm. to art school, I went to girls' mm-hmm. school, so I've been trained. Oh God, we really are so similar, aren't we? I know. But um, like, but, I can get really mean. The thing about oh, like, I'm mean. very. It's like my portraiture is so good because I'm really, really, really perceptive about what makes people insecure. That also makes <laughs> me very, very, very mean <laughs> when I want to be. No, like, I can be. Really I can. Mean. I can. I can like, see you with clarity. What makes people? feel insecure like in their relationships with me directly as well and then I kind of if you've pissed me off or hurt me beyond a point I am no longer a nice person and I will use all of that perception to hurt your feelings because like I'm I'm vindictive when my feelings have been hurt. I'm really no, trying to lead with I'm love. A, I'm a bitch. I'm I know, really I'm a trying. bitch. I'm really I'm trying bitch. to like shift into this, you know, I'm getting a little bit older. I'm trying to be less. Oh, good for you. Uh, <clears throat> angry. And I'm oh. trying to understand that So stay on TikTok. Has... It brings up all the anger. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I'm trying to understand that like everyone has like weird attachment styles and most of the time their weird shitty behavior actually has nothing to do with you. Um... And it, it just is. Depends, that's like, what's like hard. That's no. what's hard. It's not about you. Anyway, like, yes. how much? How much? I am the engine. I'm the engine of bullshit. I'm the engine of bullshit. No, that's gonna be a great clip right there. I'm the engine of bullshit. No, I do think so. I think that. I think that actually, it goes back to the issue that we were talking. We've been talking about repeatedly in the uh-huh. TikTok versions of this recap. Uh-huh. That um, intention and like and interpretation are like this on TikTok. And I think that for a lot of us, in the same world, a lot of the people who I follow who do content like this, and I think of like Mel Hamlet and Shonda, and then there's another person, Cecilia, I think, Regina, um, who coined the phrase shut up ring. I think they're doing it from a place of learning. And I would Mm. say, too, like I'm I'm not doing it. I mean, like recently some Yahoo in Kentucky who didn't write his vows and just said I love slapping my wife's <gasps> that ass. That fucking guy. So gross. And the fact so that his gross. dad was like, really, Cody? Oh, Come on. I mean, it's just... So gross. Also, like, I feel like, I always feel like it's a red flag. Your dad's your 
best friend. Oh yeah, because you don't have any real friends. Absolutely. I, know, I was like, Absolutely. what? You couldn't find one other person who likes you? I think we all understood that subtext. One human other than this poor woman who's standing here. <laughs> like, come on. Anyway, mm. neither here nor there. I think that... I hope she finds um, the self-respect and self-love to get the fuck out of there. I can't imagine. Small town Kentucky. Or, God, I no. mean, like, I don't know, right? But I doubt I it, think, but I pray. <laughs> yes, yeah. But, like, I think that... And I mean, you know, I guess she was standing up for him in comments and whatever. But I think Oof. that um, what is hard is that people like me... I'm coming out of this, like, hey, I'm giving you this cautionary tale. Like, there's a guy who's been... I don't want to say his name because he shouldn't, he shouldn't get that much credit, but who's been <laughs> fighting for his life. I made a cop video about... And I... I made a video and I've kept it up. I like not my favorite video, but I look kind of like my hair looks really good in it. So I've kept it up. But about <laughs> one of those guys who it does. My hair never looks good in videos and that do well. If my if I if I if my hair looks good, the video will not do well. It's like it's like without that. If I don't look a little like, bit busted. I re- and I remember you telling me this. This is like always what happens. But that still really makes me laugh. It just, my hair just usually looks like my hair. But like yeah. in one video, it looked good. It was like the day before I really need another haircut. And mm-hmm. it was like perfect. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I did a video about some dude who, um, it was the vanilla, vanilla Boys one. And some guy is in there arguing and just arguing and arguing and arguing. And he's convinced that it's not fair that I can comment on men because men can't comment on women. And I was like, what life are you living? <laughs> what? Yeah, but what? But he... I'm sorry. Did you just not watch the rise and fall of Matt Rife? You absolute fuck knuckle! Like, didn't we? Yeah, it's he does not, and people uh... are telling him, and he is not listening, and he's in there, and like I did a response video, nothing. I've closed it now because they, they never listen. But I think no, that what's hard is, and this is why I think the big trend of this kind of like radicalization mm-hmm. of the sexes online is actually part of the algorithm requires a very simple understanding. It doesn't necessarily require a very simple explanation, but it has Mm -hmm. to be a simple understanding because you have to be angry or happy to respond. And what happens is people like me, who's, you know, came out of traditional teaching, I would have been able to talk you through that. Yeah. My point is not that this guy himself as a human being is like a you know black soul. What I'm saying is he is making his money off of manipulating women. And yeah. as a result, that gives you a look at who yeah. he is and what his values are. And I recommend not dating that. I think right? that's a pretty solid recommendation. <laughs> right? Like that is my recommendation. Am I saying like he should go to hell? No. Am I saying like um, guys who act in this way have had problems treating women well yes like, like, but but because the algorithm requires it and i think like what's happened also is that people rise to the challenge of the algorithm so i don't think that guy that um uh, whatever his name is, i can't remember his name anymore the guy who didn't do his vetting vows who cares i don't care what his first name is but i, I don't think he was rising the algorithm um, no but I do think a lot of like there's a Canadian dating coach who sits in his car and tells you that women don't have brains. I stitched him this year too. <laughs> or like every podcast bro, they're doing yeah. it for the algorithm. Of course they are. They It's not about what you're saying. It's about having attention, right? And this is that thing that I said, I don't know how many episodes ago, but it's this idea that like people will do anything really if it means mm-hmm. getting attention, even if the attention is positive or negative like it, that, mm-hmm. it, at the end of the day it doesn't matter people just want 
to be seen and witnessed in their, I don't know, present state, I guess. Whether they want to be seen in their fullness and their wholeness is up to them. Yep, that's right. So speaking of wanting attention, next on my list of <laughs> um, Art World 2023 roundup stuff is mm-hmm. Pablo Matic. Is that what it's called? Yes. Yes, you actually got it right uh, this time. I said time. it right this time. Well done. Um, by Hannah Gadsby. <laughs> it took me all year. So we did a podcast episode about this. Yes, we did. What was what was the what was the crux of it, Sophie? The crux of it, I guess, was that uh it was kind of a sloppily almost curated, intense uh experience that I guess was more about shock value than I don't know actually having a real discussion but then like I I don't know I feel like the more interesting part was in the audio kind of tour of that show but for the most part like I think that where we landed was that it was kind of like an advertising thing to bring more attention to their other shows that they had on African art and design, which I think is a totally valid thing that museums do. Um, And I think it was just like a a really bizarre moment, like in the art world and kind of in, you know, this year's programming where it was like something we've never really seen in the art world before, I guess. And then like kind of reflected, (laughs) it's all coming from like to do with Australians, right? And then there's that. Uh, it's all about Australians. I, then there's that like thing I went to the Bernard exhibition at the NGV that was like kind oh, of all about uh-huh. that interior designer and like uh-huh. the weird furniture being inserted into the space. Um, and it and seems to be a year exactly. of exactly. Like, it was a year of stunts. Extra I feel like stunts, stunts and like extra layers of like meaning. But they weren't layers. I wish they were layers of meaning. To me, the biggest issue. Well, they we, were like attempted, we attempted layers. Attempted layers. It was yeah. like le- we're so smart. We're gonna trick the public with problematic or that exhibition, which was you know the art was so beautiful. We're gonna like avoid talking about the art. You know, <laughs> and I think it's like partly because. You know, the art world also had in this year some, you know, things like the, I think Basquiat was still within this year, right? Um, what was it last year? The I Basquiat think- at Orlando? I've gotten lost. Let me look it up. I better look it up for us. But I actually don't know. I don't Didn't he get, didn't it, anything. I think it started last year and it finished this year? Yeah, that sounds right. But like I, the timeline on things, I don't, time doesn't exist no, for me No, it was February anymore. of 22. So, um but then we had all of the I was like there's no way yeah so let's let's cut again so I think that I think that these are all stunts Mm -hmm. to get people to not think about like repatriation funding where people because like you know there was other things about like you know um this is the year that there was there's been so much strife in Iran yeah and uh, um you know like when protesters went to MoMA shutting that down and so they were doing these things like that and I would add one more to those um artists connecting to fashion was a big trend in the art world this year mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. right yayo kusama with um uh yves saint laurent isn't it yves saint laurent yeah i think so and, yeah it is i wrote it down i'm looking at my notes and so um and, but there was <laughs> a, you say that like you haven't already fact check it um but there was a lot of times where artists and fashion houses were connecting in a yes. in, trick us into like not focusing and it actually just like oh, and, and and in general, right? Like um, like Burberry doing the like 
pop up at a coffee shop to mm-hmm. uh, like a, I, I don't we don't have them in the states i guess diner would be the closest that we have like yeah you know like um and uh it, a diner is a very different thing than what it was but like a place where you could get like a like a um like a um like a bacon bun or something yeah and um and so all of these things, problematic, that show that you saw that had the beautiful voyards. It was Bonard or Voyard? Voyard. Bonard. Right? Oh, Bonard. Bonard. Mm-hmm. They're Nabi. Um, and, um, and then Yayoi Kusama. All mm. of these kinds of ties into something that was pop culture. Because I think mm-hmm. I put them all into that. It was a big hallmark of this year. And I didn't see one that didn't cause controversy. No. And... I think a lot of them actually in some ways was the art world saying, see, we yeah. need to go back to our old ways. Yes, like, I think there's a retardateur kind of like culture to it. Mm-hmm. Well, they're trying to pull us back into their model that keeps them and their in- institutions and their financial investments yeah. safe, right? Yeah. Like they, <sighs> yeah, no, I think you're right. Also just like sidebar, shout out to the lady who drove into the Kuhn sculpture, love her. <laughs> She's one of my heroes of 2023. <laughs> what happened to her? I wonder. I don't. Didn't she have like a Bentley? Didn't she or have something? a Bentley? Yeah, yeah, she had a Bentley. <laughs> Doesn't what it say a, a lot about the art world? Though? What a like, queen. Nobody was like, yeah, nobody was like, oh, that that seems weird. But yeah, everyone was just like, oh, this. Oh, I guess it happened. Oh, another crazy story involving a coons. It's like, guys. <laughs> Being knocked off pedestals, run into by cars. Like, it's just never ending. Those balloon dogs don't stand a fucking chance. <laughs> they shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, they shouldn't. Um, gosh. And so then the lot, I mean, I, I think there's so many more art world trends we could talk about. But, uh, you know, so another many. one I think that I wanted to talk about was um, AI mm. and digital art. Like, so I think like things like, so in actually AI did not, AI and NFT is just one poof. In the art world, there was, and I was looking up his name. I love so how I they it. just disappeared. They just sort of disappeared. They just, they just were no longer relevant. That's right. That's right. And so, I, so those Boris, it's so quiet this year. Oh, they were super quiet, super quiet. But there was a photographer, Boris Eldas. L. Dagson, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. won the World Photography Organization Sony World Photography Award for something called The Electrician, which I actually do actually like the photograph. It's supposed to be like 20s-esque, except for the hands are all, oh. like, as all AI, Can hands are all cuckoo. Me? Yeah. Um, hands I are all cuckoo. <laughs> I did a video a while ago, but I'm sure I've taken it down. But, like, I never see your fucking content now that we I know, I don't see this. yours it's either. It's so weird. I know. We used to, I used to get your content all the time, and then we started making this production, and now neither of us see each other's content anymore. But it was a long time ago. And so, um, and I think, like, yes, AI, I think the bigger thing, oh, actually, yeah. was the relationship between digital art and museums. Like, Jerry mm-hmm. Salt is, like, a one-man campaign to cancel Rafiq Anadol. And Rafiq Anadol is a digital artist who used to teach at UCLA. I think he still does. And mm-hmm. um, he uses data to create these visualizations. Mm. And he's had a big, he's had a lot of success at his MoMA show. And I actually think it goes back to this art world being really scared about where you go in terms of the future of art. Like where you go to the future of art. They want to go yeah. backwards where it's more clear what's good and bad. Now, yes, yes, right? because they want to know who they can make money off of That's and who right. they can't. Right. And the idea that like there's value in 
more than like a select few completely like degrades their model of being able to you know mm-hmm. put all their taxes through like one piece of fucking artwork like it's really not i mean like i have to say about salt i like his writing I think what I have a hard time with is, I mean, you have to take a stand if you're in art writing, right? And like, yeah, he takes a stand, and I appreciate that. And I do, sure. he retweeted me once because when that Salvador <laughs> movie was going on auction, I was like, this is not, this, this, this is either, it could be, it could be one bad or two bad. It could be yeah, a yeah, very yeah. overclean uh, Leonardo, or more likely, mm-hmm. it's a circle of Leonardo, and you've just paid a lot of money for basically Leonardo's buddy. Or some guy who kind of knew Leonardo to pay to pay. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it would be one thing because there's a lot of circle of artists that are beautiful. Circle of yeah. Rembrandt, amazing things. There yeah. are some circle of Leonardo's that are really, really amazing. And the only reason that they're not valuable is because we've decided it's a single person who can make something beautiful and they have mm-hmm. to be geniuses. So, like, I don't necessarily think it's the circle of that makes that painting problematic. What makes it problematic is that it is both overclean and not very good. Anyway, so, like... <laughs> so I had said that when he was writing that article before he said it. So he retweeted me. He wrote an article. And I've interacted mm. with him, read his stuff as a result, and you know, whatever. And I think that, like, he's taking a stand. So, I, I mean, he's taking a stand. But I think what I what I question is he's taking a stand in this instance, very hardcore, against digital art. And I, I think, I mean, I think what he's trying to do is push to say that digital art has to be as good as all other art. It can't just be shiny pictures. Mm. And it can't like trick people in the way that I think certain like, like, that's not the point. It's just not the point should not be the surface, right? But there's so much fucking art out there. That that's right. Like, that's where I'm like, then fine. No realism so again. Like, okay, not one yeah, realistic fine. painting. Yeah. But also just like get rid of Damien Hirst then. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> God, so stupid. It's and so... also just like, then do you not have a problem with David Hockney now? Like, do you not have a problem with David Hockney's iPad art? Like, where's the line? David Hockney's iPad art. <laughs> David Hockney's iPad art is the line. I don't, I don't mind. I think, like, the thing that for me about David Hockney's iPad art <gasps> yeah. is that... I love bringing it up. It's so polarizing. It's so polarizing. Um, mm-hmm. And I've seen it in real life. Um, it feels like an ad. So have I. It feels like an ad. Yes. It's fucked. Like, we're too it close like to David Hockney's... Ad. But I do think, I, I wonder if that's how people, I do feel like what I think about David Hockney's iPad art, is this what people felt like when they went to the first Impressionist salon? Where Maybe. they're like, what, what, Maybe. what, what, huh? <laughs> like, because like, like, you do feel like, what am I looking at? What is right? What is beauty? Why does this matter? Why does he get to be in the Art Institute of Chicago? Like, all these questions are just, like, pulling up. Yeah, 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 And then yeah, you're yeah. like, wait, was he the cover of The New Yorker last week? Like, it's just everything at once. In the Hockney's iPad art. <laughs> so I have two more art world moments that I want to talk about to summarize this year. One yes. of them is, um, and I, I sort of, um, it goes back to my digital thing. One of uh-huh. the other things that happened, the other half of that digital thing is a major Supreme Court ruling. Andy Warhol's, um, it was a s- ruling about Andy Warhol and the image Andy Warhol used for a Rolling Stones cover. Fuck, I forgot. It. Fuck, it's been a huge year, mate. I forgot about this. And I, think I don't remember that, anything. <laughs> and so and so I have to look I had to look uh-huh. up the woman's name. Let me get her name for you. So it's Lynn Goldsmith used um Prince's portrait by Andy Warhol as her source material for a Rolling Stone cover. Mm. Wait, opposite. I said it wrong. <laughs> Lynn I knew I said it wrong. 
Lynn, and this is how it gets complicated, right? Lynn mm-hmm. Goldsmith's source image was used by Andy Warhol in mm-hmm. a Prince cover for Rolling Stone. And, um, and Goldsmith was not asked. Yeah, of course not. And it's been reproduced by Warhol and now the foundation for millions of dollars. Yeah, this is one of my favorite parts of being an image maker is how people just feel super entitled to the things you make. Right. And so the Andy Warhol um, Foundation uh, sued in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York in mm-hmm. 2019 in favor of Andy Warhol. The Southern District of New York, I happen to qual- I have to also be in the I happen to also be in the Southern District of New York. Dude, those people are just working like dogs. <laughs> just mm-hmm. everything is happening in the Southern District of New York, dude. Um, so, so that was, so then after that, so that's saying Andy Warhol was cool to steal that and make lots of mm-hmm. money off of it. Then the appellate court reversed the Southern District Court's decision. Then it went to the Supreme Court. Is this know. the only Warhol work that this has happened with? I actually don't know. I don't know that that's true. I can't remember. Well, I'm not like a legal historian. That was the structure of his whole practice. So. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Like, I don't yeah. know though, honestly. I'm so curious because, like, there's no way it only happened once that people were like, hey, man, cut it out. I mean, he doesn't see strike me as the kind of guy who was um, uh, who was like buying, like paying for for rights. Mm-mm. But mm-mm, mm-mm. definitely um, not. I don't know. I don't know. Somebody write in. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Did he get sued more than once? I'm, I would guess. And in this case, he lost <laughs> That the summary of the ad, this thing. That he was in copyright infringement, which yeah. a lot of artists, including Barbara Kruger, who uses also imagery in her work, though largely it's text, has weighed in to say this is a bad situation. This is going to screw with creativity. And I At think least it's three times. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I think what it all by photographers. To, <laughs> there you go. Andy Warhol against the photographers. And, but I think what well, it goes back to is. Well, he just like stole is, and right. made millions off of other people's work. But it's also like the gener- a couple generations before AI, right? They're stealing images too. And so I mm-hmm. think what's interesting is part of the thing that I find interesting given how how conservative our Supreme Court is right now, mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if they realize like this could also be precedent for AI, right? Because if you're feeding in AI- I don't AI, think they're that smart. <laughs> definitely Clarence <laughs> Thomas. I mean, who knows? <laughs> He's too busy thinking about chicks to be thinking about precedent. They're really, um, but no, like I- I, you're right. It is. It is. It could absolutely be a precedent, but like, I don't think that they think things through. Like, they work so hard to inadvertently alienate their own voter base. So, like, I, I just don't think the thought process is there. We're not, they're not for us, right? They're like in another world. So, I think that that's the thing. And I think like the the TikTok parallel, since we've been doing these as parallels, to mm. me, the TikTok parallel to that is that like never ending and i think we've changed tiktok has changed appreciably in this year from dancing and trends mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but now we have a greater culture of self-reference and i know like actually we were mentioning i'm not like stalking christian um divine or however you say but we love christian divine we do love he's divine. great he's divine <laughs> um but he br- he like brought this up about how he was saying, like, I was trying to talk to people, and now that I'm on TikTok so much, like, I can't even talk to them because we live in a different world. No, really. Uh, I 
Like, I can't say go piss girl to people like out in the real world. They don't understand what I mean. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't. think it's weird. They do think it's weird. And I think like, like for example. And I um, have done that by accident. They'll be like, oh no. <laughs> One of my favorite creators talks about is an academic who talks about uh, AI, <laughs> and mm-hmm. she does such a funny video. Um, and I saved it so I could mention her. Here we go. Her name is Casey Fiesler, maybe it's F I E S L E R, and mm-hmm. she did one about um, she did a, like a video about Hallmark movies. And she like talks oh. about trying to get into like she made it like a skit with her, all just mm-hmm. her, and just mm-hmm. this. Uh, idea of the one person skit is such a tiktok like norm right like it's a cultural mm-hmm. norm of tiktok like doesn't exist like you can't yeah. do it on instagram you can't do it on youtube you can but they just know like the one same. one person playing yes. like five different people yes. is such and a it's her video her hallmark movie of an academic who teaches uh this her, her the storyline it's like a little movie and it's so funny it's like so funny. she goes home to finish her paper and write a journal and then she has, her mom says we don't have wi-fi you have to go to like the coffee shop and she saves the coffee shop owner not by marrying him and taking care of his kid by teaching him the legal law and like getting him <laughs> out of having to do because <laughs> i think that really she funny. was a lawyer and then became an academic i'm not sure but i think she i do actually think she's a legal thing but so, like, like i saw a video about people who like put their whole experience of being stranded at an airport and hiring a car together like a bunch of strangers over the holiday season it's oh. like a real thing that happened on tiktok and apparently there was like some writer some hallmark writer who was just like watching the whole thing and turned it into a movie so there's like this experience of these like 16 oh my people God. That was turned into a movie like without getting their like life rights or whatever you need to make that happen yeah. because they put it on the internet. Wow. And that's like happened like in that's like a wow. recent kind of yeah, that's yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah. So like how many writers are just hanging out on these apps and kind of like getting their ideas from people's real life shenanigans? And I will say that <laughs> speaking of writers, and not like uh, that makes me think of one that I didn't have put on, hadn't put on my list. But mm-hmm. um, because we're not in book talk, but I do have to say, no book talk. God. Book talk. You, this would be like a whole other podcast. Oh if my we god, were both on the book talk dramas of the year. Blah. Oh my god. But I do think that there's. So I'm not gonna like mention any of them, though. I do really love that Nate Lemke one, the dude who wrote the book, <laughs> uh, Manic Pixie E Girl, and as somebody who's working on a mystery novel, and so I'm actively writing. I gotta mm-hmm. say, like. God bless. I just think about him. Actually, I think about that man much more than he would ever imagine that I did. He doesn't know I exist. But, but like the kind of hubris, hubris, my favorite word, uh, the yeah, kind of like it. mediocre guy who thinks he's brilliant thing. I am like struggling over putting in the word said. And this dude yeah. is just like over there ebook and telling the world. Anyway, that, I do have a quote from you be... from Neil Gaiman answering Tumblr stuff. Someone said, you know, I think I'm a bad writer because I use the word said too much. And he's like, you can never use the word said too much. It actually doesn't matter. Aww. So like, don't worry about it. Okay, thank you, Neil Gaiman. I won't worry about it. I'm going to go write later. Yeah, I will um, find that quote for you because okay. he's literally, he's just like, there's actually, it, like, it's always going to make sense and it's never going to read like it's there too many times. Like, well, just don't stress. That's true. I'm saying it, it a lot. I think it is. Um, I'll word count I think you're just too in it. Maybe that's true. That's very true. That's very true. But my point about Nate Lemke is that I remember thinking that like I was working on this book about I'm working on a mystery novel that I'm hoping to sell and it's Mm -hmm. about museums and it's about like really the idea of nonprofit and how like it screws people, all people. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter the gender. It doesn't even matter like actually the group, the hierarchy. They feel screwed. And so um, nonprofits are just bad spaces. Bad spaces. And so I was thinking, and I think about that guy and the kind of personality. Oh, they sure do. And so I was thinking about how, like, I was in, like, whenever you're working on a book, 
other ideas of books seem better. It's like if you're in a bad marriage and another boy looks better. So Nate Lemke, I was thinking, okay. oh my god, that would be that would be like such a great book. Somebody should write that book <laughs> about Nate Lemke, and you'll all have to Google because we're not book talks. So you need to go to book talks roundup to hear about what he did and all his problems. But my point is that. I think that what you're bringing up is that people are putting these like stories of their lives and then they're also playing into other life stories mm-hmm. and then it's becoming like stolen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I I just can't get over how many, uh, how much this year I feel like TikTok as it moved away from like a dance platform or a trend platform and much more like a communication storytelling platform, how many of these yep. kind of cultural memes came and went on the platform very quickly, first of all, like girl math. I mean, oh my gosh. Remember, remember when girl I was dinner, girl dinner, dinner, I was the face of girl dinner for a hot minute. Margarita song. Oh, yeah. Like shit mate they came and went so fast the corn kid oh i know i thought about him because i was i downloaded a book and i actually (sighs) couldn't listen to it because it started with the corn song it was supposed to be like one of those books it was like a radio play that was supposed to be Mm -hmm, really topical mm -hmm. as a result it felt old (laughs) that's so fun i know it's like and like i talk to like i talk to people who are like not in this world um and like you know, I had a studio visit it's the other day where I was. It's called Prime Time by Geneva Rose. Oh, great name. Oh. Um, but I was like talking to people like in a studio visit the other day, you know, like curators, whatever, uh-huh. who were, you know, I was kind of talking about TikTok and kind of how there's like this, you know, mode of witnessing in terms of catastrophe content that's kind of happening in real time that we've never really seen before. And, you know, just the idea that there's like a generation basically out there that just like their level of consumption kind of has to meet a certain kind of volume and capacity for them to be able to kind of absorb anything like it has to be fast it has to Uh be this kind of like Uh extreme turnover Uh um Uh and it's just funny how like you know if you use the word generation instead of era people are like well you know it's not just like a young person's thing (laughs) that's around like that's just like there's old people like i get it there's old people on the app what I'm talking about Me. is how information consumption has changed. Like, yeah. Especially people like academics who like aren't in social media spaces. And yeah. that's why, you know, and I keep, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, oh shit, we've actually stumbled into like a very, very unique platform <laughs> that is actually like quite important and doesn't really exist anywhere because, you know, there's this whole world of academics that refuse to engage in the social media space. There's a whole world of art yeah, you know, students true. and creators who have to for their lifeblood, but then can't talk about it in academic spaces and can't talk about the crossover of how their lives have to exist with one foot in like either world. And it just shits me to tears, Seema. It shits me to tears. <laughs> it's like, really hard. I think that that's- You can't talk about paying rent in academic spaces without people looking at you like you've that's stolen right. a I child. I think that that's, that's right. That's like there's a lack of practicality in academia and it's too bad because- mm. I hate it. <laughs> it really, it, it actually devalues the quality of academia. Thank you. It yes, really it does. does. It really, yes, really it does. does. Just it really, because really you're does. a tenured professor who's used to hanging out with trust fund babies all year round doesn't mean that's the reality for a lot of people coming through your programs. Like, that's. Yeah, I would agree. So to end, my number one, um, yes. looking back at 2023 <laughs> art world thing. <laughs> I had one. It's, we could all do it. Um, uh, my number one is uh, climate change protesters in museums. 
I think yeah, that it's, it's been a big year for it. I think what's interesting is I actually think, again, it's one that overlapped with TikTok. It just got mm, so mm, much play. Mm, and I think mm -hmm. it grew because of TikTok. Absolutely. Now, I don't know what change they've made very practically. I do think that like BP, uh, the British Museum no longer getting funding from BP is huge. Huge. That is huge. So I think that that maybe is one palpable outcome of it. Was um, that a direct response to yeah. spaghetti sauce? Was that the one? I don't know. They also put oh, the in glue. No, I think it's a direct response actually to they glued in uh, labels and then they did sit-ins. That's right. So I think it's a response to those. But mm. I'm, I'm sure it was just the, like the bad press. The British Museum doesn't need more bad press. So I think it was probably that. But, they've had um, a bad year as far as museums go. They've had a, um, but like, I think one thing that's really hard is that I do think that the, this has gotten a lot of press and it's gotten a lot mm. of pickup on TikTok mm -hmm. and on, you know, all over the world on news. And But I don't know what change it's made. And I, the thing I think in general about the nature of activism this year like, I think some kinds of activism, like, you know, not going to Starbucks is has made bottom line change, which is really when the only change matters. You know, yeah. like, I'm sure the British yeah. Museum well, was the like, only bad press, we don't to. want the donations, yeah. we're not going to do BP, we're going to be able to raise yeah. that money somewhere else. Um, yeah. But I do wonder about the climate change protesters, if if it has made change. And I honestly have no idea. I wouldn't, I'm not in climate change, right? I'm I, in, I was in museums, so yeah. I don't know. All I know is that... Um, the thing that is very exhausting is actually you can negatively impact that work even if it's glazed, mm -hmm. right? Like it's actually mm -hmm. like bad to put like an acid, like tomato juice, if it seeps through, like that's ba that's bad deal. That's a bad deal. Like you got a Joshua yeah. Reynolds. I think that with a changing surface. things like panels and stuff that kind of like goes under the radar until someone's like, oh fuck, yeah. is like far far more interesting and far more effective. It was. Um, I thought the. I thought that of all the protests I saw this year, the British Museum won, and it was for. A, I'm pretty sure it was for a Stonehenge show that was mm -hmm. sponsored by BP, and I was like, "Damn, this is brilliant!" And then they did videos yeah. about why they were explaining it. Like they were mm -hmm. really. I was like, "This is a smart one," because the other thing I think that's very challenging for me about all of these climate protests, I think they're getting a lot of press, but there is no direct. I think that their direct relationship is they're saying we're using protest, which is a form of art in art yeah. spaces. And I think that's what they're saying. I think that's why they're doing it. But mm -hmm. like- Just like tenuous at best. Yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it like, I think like, like for example, you could say something like, there are there is art that has profited off of fossil fuels. Like you could do that, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like a lot of bronze casting, 20th century bronze casting, that's fossil fuels. Like, you know, you can do that, but like- Well, I think it's interesting that, you know, this kind of stuff happens and then, you know, stuff like Strike MoMA ends up kind of getting a wave and then yeah. it doesn't really yeah. get the sustainable attention that it really actually yeah. fucking deserves. Yeah. Because they, like that particular group of people have, I think, brought some of, and that was like more 2021, 2022. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like they have brought... I think far more attention to how money moves through the art world than any other activist group. Oh know, yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, because they're also who was the like, ones who get a lot of money. <laughs> they have a well, lot of right. track. <laughs> right, but also like, of course, guess who was on the ground, like outside MoMA, like talking about Palestine, you know, a couple of years ago, it was Ariella Azale. She's like uh, being on the ground. Our most, pro the most cited. Yeah. <laughs> most, most cited on this podcast. So do you have a number one TikTok trend for 2023? So we've oh, gone through a lot of fuck them. Fuck no. So I, I wish actually, you would ask me that earlier. Um, I, actu I actually think, I was thinking a lot about this. Mm. I actually think that- um, I don't know where to start. 
Actually, I think that the number one TikTok trend, I would say, is the lack of a singular trend. That, mm-hmm. that the number one thing I would say, if I, like, so if I looked at the art world, we went through all of those things. If in some ways it was this idea that to summarize, you know, like the protesters, but all the things we've talked about. One of the things that I thought about the art world is the more things change, the more things stay the same. When I look back at 2023, there was nothing like, you know, yes, I think that the Supreme Court ruling was pretty shocking, but there's been other rulings, right? Like there've been mm-hmm. other things that have happened. I don't think that the art world, I think it had these blips of like things that change and like blah, 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 but it basically stayed the same. Yeah. Right? And I think that the trend yeah. of 2023 is that nothing's changing. Oh, money hasn't shifted yes. in how money it has not moves shifted. through these spaces. Like nothing right. has really changed. There's no greater platform for no. people of color. There's no less no. white voices. In, yeah. in fact, there's probably more white voices That's right. in these That's spaces. Right. That's right. That's right. But similarly, like they, they're going to double down harder before they are going to double down what, harder. Like the liberation that's right. that that's we're right. looking for. That's you right. know, like they, they're going to get so not, much not, worse. They're, they're really, it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. <laughs> it's gonna, 2023, more of the same, but worse. Uh, it's going to become like, there's going to be like dogmatic racism yes. in these spaces that that's I think right. we have never seen before. Like I think even so in too. the stuff that I've been making, I've had. You know, like art conservators, like yeah. people who work in like art spaces come into my comment section and not only say like these are the big questions, but also like the way that the subtext of like who is allowed and who isn't yeah. allowed is so loud when you walk into yeah. any gallery space right now. Like it's like klaxons going off. You can yeah. you can see it. Yeah. But you know you're not allowed to talk about it. That's right. Which is That's right. That's right. I think it's me twenty twenty four is gonna get get worse. For oh, TikTok, so much worse. For TikTok, I think that the thing that strikes me about TikTok, and there's been a lot in the last quarter, particularly as we go into Q4 and TikTok's trying to up its like earnings and TikTok shop, and they're trying to move TikTok shop to somewhere. Oh, the insidification of the app, yeah. Right, and I think that the tr- and I think that the trend actually is that the app is still a money making machine, and we are mm. still susceptible to it. And so mm-hmm. the trends have to move fast. Because they need us to yeah. put more posts. Like right yeah. now, I'm in a downswing for views. It's not getting to mm. the FYP. They're doing it on purpose. They want me to post mm. more. And I will post more. They've started pushing my content from like a year ago. Oh, like yeah, Like random, too. really random videos. Like that video I made about the Max Dupain reference in Bluey. Suddenly that oh, video yeah. has like heaps of traction. I'm like, I don't, why do we care? <laughs> like this is not interesting to me anymore, but whatever. Um they're just like purposefully, I guess, not pushing the stuff that I've been making recently, which is just like, you know, museums and art world equals kind of bad. <laughs> but that's where I do think that the TikTok algorithm isn't out isn't necessarily out to get you. It's out to make sure it wins. And so oh, yeah. what it's actually doing is saying, I just don't care what people who don't have a TikTok shop post in mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I have nothing to sell but vibes, so I'm out of luck. I know, we're really... No, 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 no. We, and to summarize... That's not true. That's not true. We have the Artless Podcast that you're listening to now. You know how you could help us? You could tell your friend, hey, listen to those two crazy, loving, funny women. Mm-hmm. Um, people, I should say. Um, That's who, um <laughs> People who want to share their ideas with anybody. When yeah. you follow us, like, follow, share, whatever. <laughs> All the things. Do all the rate, things. Rate, rate, review, and subscribe, oh, I think, is what we're aiming surprise. for here. Rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> That's what I mean. Sorry, it's the cough syrup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're getting a bit loopy, mate. 
Um, uh, and you can follow me, Seema, at Artlust, A-R-T-L-U-S-T. Yes, and you can follow me, Darkroom Varmint, Darkroom, V-A-R-M-I-N-T. Uh, I guess this was, I would say, more on the unhinged side of structure in terms of what you're probably, uh, you've come to know from us. But I, I will say that one of my favorite trends of this year was being able to do this, right? I know, like me being too. able to kind it of come into this. It was so good every weekend. You guys don't know. We're up at 8 a.m. <laughs> on the weekend. And Joe always says, but Sophie is young. She has a life and yet she's waking up at 8 a.m. <laughs> well, listen, I I will be honest with you all. I am more of a, a domestic gay rather than a party gay. I do a lot of <laughs> like I my ideal lifestyle is like making sourdough bread, being a laundry lesbian, like having pets and like doing crafts and like having a, a nice business that sustains my lifestyle. I want a cat I don't, for you. I want I a cat in 2024 to... <laughs> for you. I want a cat. Oh, God. Okay, yes, actually, cat distribution system, please and thank you. There's a lot of stuff that I need to like I know do pets. before I feel like I can have a pet, but holy shit. Pixie's like, I, I want to like... ring out 2023 too. Hi, Pixie. Pixie. Um, but yeah, no, I think that one of the best parts for me has been just like, you know, coming out of a grad school program and coming out of this like art world space and kind of, you know, experiencing that huge drop after a program like that. And like the people from those academic spaces who I thought I could rely on were like not invested in me when I decided that participating in this game was not the most important thing to me. Yeah. Yeah. And being able to come into this space mm. where like we get to have a real discussion in a way that like I was never afforded in the fucking hundred thousand dollar education that I invested in, so, you know, so. and like, it's, I think that for both of us, right. It's been this extraordinarily refreshing experience to I be agree. able to process all of these things and then to actually find people out in the world who I know. feel the same way that we do and who kind of see the whole structure of it. And I'm like, I'm really dissatisfied, but I don't know where to put that dissatisfaction yeah. or, the, or those discussions. Like, I do think thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to anybody, seriously. anybody who's listened, anybody who's because you know, if we didn't have you, you, we would be, you know, in the space of having to put these in academic kind of criticism papers and then submitting them to like six people that nobody who reads. are good. Yeah, that no one gives a fuck about. And because of these platforms that we've built, and like I will say, I've piggybacked off you a fair bit this year. Which, <laughs> thanks, mate. <laughs> but like, it's no problem. Been <laughs> I'll ride your coattails, that's fine. Um, I think that it's been like, I have certainly feel like I have found a sense of community that I was always looking for. Mm. Um, I agree. In these I spaces. Agree. And it's. I agree. I agree. Really, I agree. really affirming to know that, like, the fact that I feel at odds or, you know, frustrated or whatever with this system, I'm actually totally sane to be feeling that way. Yeah, I agree. That's a great you know, place to end. So happy great. 2023.